The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Forever Young Cast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined once again by my co-hosts, Miss Jupiter Julep. Hello. And Madam Lizette. Hello. How are you ladies doing? Pretty well. good. Glad that y'all could join me again for episode two. Oh, we're happy to be here. We had very right. good response to episode <laughs> one, so... Hopefully, episode two will be received just as well. You can find the Forever Young cast on the CSPN on the web at CSPN.us. So, ladies, we'll get right into it as our first matchup. We have Deanna Perrazzo versus Priscilla Kelly. Now, Deanna Perrazzo, her story is last year she was an alternate and she did not get a chance to compete so she was crushed and devastated. So this year has been a whole year of her just trying to work her way, not only back into the May Young Classic, but also into the Performance Center, as now she is a part of NXT. And Priscilla Kelly's story is that she had a tough background growing up, tough um, child upbringing, and she kind of got into wrestling to show strength and ability that she could overcome no matter what her situation was. So, Deanna Perrazzo hits a hip toss and a backflip into a drop kick that gets a two count. Priscilla Kelly fights back and hits the STO for a two count. Deanna Perrazzo hits a Russian leg sweep and she then transitions into the armbar and Priscilla Kelly taps out. So, Jupiter Julep, I'll let you start off first. Your thoughts of this particular matchup between Deanna Perrazzo and Priscilla Kelly. Okay. Well, the first thing I thought was they showed when they showed Priscilla Kelly uh, that she looked like what I would imagine if Paige and Elvira had a baby. <laughs> so I mean, with teased with the dark black teased hair and like really pale, really thin. That is what I thought of. Um, she had a good showing. Uh, she does a lot of acting with her face, which I thought was interesting. And it reminded me of the undead bride that I saw in impact. I sorry. I didn't catch her name, but um, it was, name? I'm sorry. Sue Young is the undead bride's name in Impact. Oh, good. I'm glad that you got it because I thought it was, but I wasn't sure and I didn't have time <laughs> to check. So, but, you know, there was, it was something similar about the character work. Um, I want to make a point here, if I can. And that is, I'm noticing that with the exception of the black girls so far, the story has been, I want to inspire someone or I didn't get what I wanted. And so I, I'm going to get it now. Or it was, or uh, except for the black girls who've so far been all suave and all pomp and circumstance and, and have all of the confidence, except for the tragic mulatto, um, <laughs> except for her, you know, it, it about the divert about the adversity and all. Um, and I'm wondering why they're all kind of going down that lane. 
instead of telling a story or developing a character. And so, and I started thinking about that during this match matchup. Um, Cause when Deanna Prazo came out, the first thing I thought was she needs style. So I was really wanting her to show me something great uh, because her look is uh, she looked like every other white girl that they have uh, signed or have had or have been in a million classic or I've seen in um, Shimmer or other places. So I was looking for her to show me something um, that would make her stand out. And she had flashes of brilliance during this match, but then she would literally slow walk into the next move. And I wasn't sure if she was doing that because Priscilla Kelly was inexperienced and that was just her way of trying to adjust to her ring partner or if she needs some work. So I can see that she's young. There's something there, but uh, I wasn't really feeling it. And I'm glad this match was up first. All right. Madam Lizette, your thoughts on the opening matchup between Deanna Perrazzo and Priscilla Kelly. So the first thing I thought about Priscilla Kelly was like, oh, she's Paige. Just <laughs> younger. Um she gave me a lot of page vibes and I I'm okay with that. Um, Deanna Perrazzo, I already know who she is because she's Marty Squirrel's girlfriend. So I haven't seen a lot of her matches, but I had an idea of like what I was kind of going to expect. Um, I do agree that it did feel like at moments she would take control of the match. And then all of a sudden she would like slow down and just, kind of walk her way into the next move. So, Mm -hmm. and I was trying to figure out if that was her or if it was Priscilla. And I think it might've been Priscilla a little bit. And that could also be just their inexperience in the ring with each other. Um, On top of the fact that um, Priscilla's just a little bit younger, but the match itself, it was okay. Um, I'm happy Deanna won because I wanted her to win. I was cheering for her. I was rooting for her, but it didn't set the show up for me where I was like, oh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. It's like, okay, well, if this is how you're starting this episode, do I need to be excited about anything else more? Mm-hmm. Um, because this, it, it was an okay match, but it wasn't like a good match or it wasn't a great match. It didn't have that same energy that Tegan's match had on episode one. And so for me, it was like, eh, run of the mill. It's all right. Let's move forward. Hopefully, um, if Deanna gets in the ring with someone else that's a little bit more experienced, she won't have those really fast but slow motions that she's having in this one. Um, I did notice that Priscilla was really aggressive and that Deanna, what you could tell is the more, um, I guess you would say, established wrestler. And then I also thought that Priscilla could get a little bit out of control at moments. And I was like, okay, you got to tone that down a little bit. But yeah, as far as that goes, it's how I felt about the match and about them. All right. So Deanna Perrazzo moves on to round two. Now, you're going to have to help me, ladies, with the pronunciation of this next Luchadoris. Zuhus? Zuhus? Zuhus. I think it's Zuhus. Zuhus. Okay. Versus Ariel Monroe. Zeusis is a luchadora from Mexico, of course. So she talks about her, you know, being able to compete and show off her, um, you know, high flying style. And Ariel Monroe is known as Big Swole. Um, she is also Cedric Alexander's wife, and she's also a veteran of the Air Force. So 
just a lot of confidence and um, charisma from Errol Monroe. So Errol Monroe cuts off the kicks and then she hits a running uppercut. Monroe follows with kicks and covers for two. Errol Monroe hits the flatliner and charges, but Zeusies takes Monroe up top and hits the top rope Spanish fly, and Zeusies gets the win over Errol Monroe. A lot of energy in this match. Ariel Monroe definitely had the crowd support on her side. But unfortunately, for the second week in a row, the black girl with all the charisma is on the losing end of the stick. So, Madam Lizette, your analysis on Ariel Monroe and Zeusies. So, I liked Ariel Monroe. I thought that she was a lot of fun, really energetic. She was had a lot of confidence about her. I liked her hairstyle, liked her look. Um, I like the Cedric and their daughter was out there watching and cheering. Um, <laughs> I thought that the match was a little clunky. Um, I also felt like at one point, Zeus did, was almost forgot to kick out um, because she laid on the mat a little bit too long when they were doing the count. And I was like, oh, Lord, not again. Like, it's going to be Rhea Ripley all over again. Um, I thought that the Spanish fly off the type rope was a great finish. I like Zeusies. I just find her to be a little sluggish, um, but I kind of want to see more of her because I can tell that she's a lot more established than Ariel Monroe, and that might be why it's just kind of Ariel still kind of starting. Zeusies kind of knows where she is, and then meshing those styles together. Like that's the one thing that I've noticed about watching the May Young Classic from last year to this year. Um, the girls who've been doing this, the women who've been doing this for a while, once they get in the ring with each other, that clunkiness of the matches kind of goes away. Um, and it gets a little bit more crisp. So I know that the first round or so is going to be a little like, eh, I'm not too sure about that. And that's kind of how I felt about this one. It was just a little bit clunky for me. But outside of that, I enjoyed the match. I I really wanted Ariel Monroe to win. And I thought she was going to, um, just with all the energy and everything she was giving us. But then as the match kind of kept going, I was like, oh, no, you're taking this L. But mm-hmm. <laughs> outside of that, it was a good match. All right. Jupiter Julep, your thoughts, things that, point, that stood out to you for this match? Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as she came out or the music hit and there were squeals and all of the uh, hometown support, I knew she was going to lose because, you know, WWE loves to have you lose in your hometown. And when they showed that precious baby and I was like, <laughs> oh, she's got to lose. I was like, that was just the worst. And, and at the end, when she was crying, I was like, oh, see, this is what they wanted AJ Styles' daughter to do instead of that heel turn. But um, look, Fo baby was over there in tears. Yeah. <laughs> like, how could this happen to my mama? You oh, know, y'all didn't, y'all didn't prep her for the L. Come on. <laughs> and I said, look at WWE starring babies for life. Okay. Um. So I knew she was going to lose, but one of the things that I liked about her was that she did have a lot of energy, but then I noticed that she had control. Because there were some times where Azusis did seem a little clunky, where Ariel Monroe just waited, like, okay, come on and fall a little bit closer, and then I'm gonna get you. And so, in things like that, I, I liked and I saw that she could definitely be a ring general in the in the future. And I will say that um, in this showing, I did feel like Ariel Monroe could take this loss because she's not going to win the May Young Classic. But she had a very good showing. So it's like, all right, I'm in my hometown. My baby cried. You know, my my husband was there. You know, a lot of people were there. And um, I look good. You will see me again. Now, Zeusies, first of all, I looked away 
The kids were crying. Uh, you know, I came back and I thought, Vicky Guerrero got a mask. You know, I, I just, <laughs> I, I thought, I was like, well, what is this? You know, I did think so. Her her features and I was really looking at the mask because it was eye catching. Um, it was one of the most ornate physical full face mats, luchadora masks for a female that I've seen in a while. So I was really looking at it, but the features that you could see, I thought Vicky Guerrero. And so if she would have said, excuse me at any point of that match, I would have left. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that they advertised her to have strong style. And I'm not really, really familiar with strong style the way that you two are, but I was looking to see strikes. I was looking to see um, the things that I was more familiar with or that I think of with strong style, and I didn't really see them. I did see a lot of power moves. I saw a lot of rest breaks. Um, like, like you said, the clunkiness or the the sluggishness is um, is a great way of putting it because I I wrote down the same thing. So I was really shocked when I saw that uh, move or that pinning combination where she did that fast slam into a bridging pin. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was like, well, where did that come from? Because everything else kind of belied that type of experience uh, in the ring, which she did advertise, but it, we hadn't seen it for that until then. And then when she did the Spanish fly off of the top rope, I was like, oh, okay. But I didn't see it in any other point of the match. What I did see was a lot of good ring psychology and storytelling all the way through. Because even at the end, she was like, oh, yeah, cry that your little girl lost. So I did find it entertaining, and I liked it. And I do want to see more of Zeusie's. I think she's going to lose in the second round. But I'm all about Big Swole in the future. I am, too. Um, and I wanted to add to you, Jupiter Julep, that I got the spacing thing, too. Like, I wrote it down. I was like, spacing is off a bit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on with that, but... She was either too close or too far. She was never in the right spot for Ariel Monroe to, like, keep the match going. Mm-hmm. And so it just felt like we were going through starts and stops, starts and stops, and then a finish. Right. I was like, okay. <laughs> this is the Forever Young cast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I'm joined by Jupiter Julep and Madam Lizette. You can find the Forever Young cast on SoundCloud, SoundCloud iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. We'll move into our next matchup, Casey Cantazaro versus Arena Gonzalez. Casey Cantazaro is the smallest competitor in the uh, tournament, and she's also the first woman competitor to complete the final obstacle course on American Ninja Warrior. And Rena Gonzalez participated in last year's tournament. Uh, she's a second-generation wrestler, and she's trying to redeem herself and go farther than she did last year. So Rena Gonzalez posts herself, and Casey follows with drop kicks. Casey trips her into the ropes, and the springboard drop kick connects, and the senton gets the two count. Casey then gets a cradle, and Casey Canazaro picks up the upset victory over Rena Gonzalez. So Miss Jupiter Julep, what did you see in this matchup that stood out to you? You know, the first thing I wrote down was, so this is the David versus Goliath matchup for this episode. Uh, I think they're probably going to space them out per episode, but this is the match. Um, I'm familiar with Mighty Casey because uh, I did watch American Ninja Warrior. Um, I will say that one of the things that I wrote down uh, was size and energy. She she reminded me, and this is horrible that I keep calling her this, but uh, the tragic mulatto of last week. Uh, the energy and the training and the the technique, I would say, and the moveset, they 
they would either have a great match against each other or they would be a very dynamic tag team. Um, I was surprised to see how comfortable Casey looked in the ring. I was very surprised to see the consistency in their storytelling where I decided I was going to do an experiment and push mute and just see if the uh, their movements could tell a story without Cole, Phoenix, and Young. And it did. And it, and it told a very consistent story all of the way through where you had uh, Rhea Gonzalez, who was six foot and was... Uh, was brutal, but she, she was almost like playing with her food. And then you had Casey with all the heart who wasn't going to give up and realized that she had to get smarter. And, you know, there was that botch thing where Casey moved and Rhea Gonzalez hit the ring post. And then that was the turnaround for the match. And they worked really, really well together. I mean, obviously there were some moves that Casey could not have done. It defied physics without Rhea Gonzalez folding herself um, to make those moves and those roll-ups look fantastic so i give a lot of credit to ria gonzalez rena excuse me i um do hope to see her more uh, i do believe that they said that she was the most improved from last year uh in her set and i could see that so i'm curious to see what she will do in the future i did enjoy the match and uh, yeah all right madam lizette things that stood out to you between casey canazaro and arena gonzalez so, Raina, when they showed her, I was like, wait, she was there last year? So, I realized that she was very forgettable from last year. So, this year felt like um, just like a new, fresh look on someone that I just, you know, didn't pay that much attention to. And mm-hmm. like Jupiter Julep said, you can, and like they said on the show, you can tell that she has improved from last year to this year. She really, I at first thought the match was going to like a squash match, but when I realized that it wasn't going to go that way and how much she was like trying to put Casey over and help her in the ring and Mm -hmm. make Casey look even more powerful, even though she is of such a small stature, I was like, all right, girl, this will work. Like you keep training and improving and getting better. You're going to be great in the ring and you're going to learn how to kind of use your body to help the person that you're in the ring with, which is something that a lot of taller wrestlers, especially female wrestlers, have to kind of figure out like Charlotte wrestling Bailey or Charlotte wrestling um, Sasha. They're so much smaller than her. And she has to always kind of, you know, corral her body around so that they can look powerful and strong where they're doing um, moves on her. And I think that she was doing a really good job of that with Casey. I thought Casey was quick and athletic, limited in some ways, but I also know mm-hmm. this is probably like her first time really in a ring um so she can only get better she was really smiley so she would be a great baby face she kind of in thinking about it right now she kind of um reminds me of what is her name from the riot squad oh i can't think of it right now ruby live morgan no, uh, she kind of reminds morgan. me of live morgan like if she decided that she wanted to switch and go more heel i feel like they might be a good tandem to have together at times too, because mm-hmm. they're similar in stature. I know Liv is probably a little bit taller than her, but they have um, familiarities to me in their face and their body style and their shape and stuff. So I thought the match wasn't that bad. I also like the fact that at the end, Raina really like props her up and was just like, no, give this girl her props. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that was, at first I was like, eh, I'm not sure. Cause Raina was supposed to be the heel, but I know like, once you take that L, you can either go back to the back and sulk or you can put over your opponent so that they can, you know, look stronger going into the next round 
and she really did a good job of like putting her over and just giving her her props and saying, "Hey, Casey did something today, and she proved mm-hmm. herself today." And and I liked how Raina was being the heel and saying, "You know, this is my ring. This is my time." And you know, really just working that up. So thinking about the match now after watching it and kind of reflecting over it, I think the match was a lot better than I thought when I first initially watched it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that both of those girls will improve and get better. I don't see them going like to the semifinals or the finals, but um, I would like to see them on NXT and maybe if they do May Young Classic next year, you know, do it again next year and see if we can get them going. So other than that, it was a pretty good match. All right, so we'll move into our final um, match of the evening. Mercedes Martinez versus Ashley Rain. Now, Mercedes Martinez was a semifinalist last year. Um, she lost to Shayna Baszler and went into the semifinal matchup. So she's here to try to get back to you know at least the semifinals or the finals this year. And Ashley Rain, also known as Madison Rain, is just living out her bucket list as she was on All In, Impact, and NXT all in the same week. So congrats to her. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley Rain cradles Mercedes Martinez for a two count. The injury follows from Ashley Rain, but Martinez cuts off uh, Ashley with a knee strike and the Fishman suplex gets the win for Mercedes Martinez. So Madam Lizette, Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez is moving on. I know she was a fan favorite for a lot of people last year. What do you think about her initial effort in this year's May Young Classic? So she was my fan favorite last year. So I was really excited when I saw that she was coming back. Um, I I like her overall. I like her personality. I like her style. I like that she has something to prove and she has that chip on her shoulder because she's been wrestling for a while. And this isn't her only job. Like she is a CSI agent and she just does a bunch of stuff. I um, mean, they talked about that on the show. So I was really happy to see her in the ring again. I felt like this match needed some some highs. It needed some speed. It needed something. I felt like it was something was missing missing from the match. Um, and so for me, I was like, wow, this match is kind of sluggish. But I realized from last year, a lot of Mercedes matches were sluggish. She's not like a super high flyer and stuff like that. So she's more of like a ground game. And I was like, okay, get yourself ready and prepare for that um, when compared to other matches and other people that she's going to be in the ring with. So... I was happy to see Ashley Rain. I still don't like her a lot. And I this is the second time I've got to see her because I watched her at All In and then I watched her here. And I'm still not the biggest fan of her. I don't know. She just doesn't do it for me. Um, and the match itself didn't really, like, do it for me. I just felt like there was something missing. But I'm really happy that Mercedes Martinez is moving on because she's one of my favorites. I'm kind of, you know, sad that... Her next opponent, she's probably taking the L, but it's okay. <laughs> like when they said who she was wrestling next, I was like, oh, girl, you're losing. It's all right, though. Um, but outside of that, I'm happy that she came back. I'm happy that, you know, she's moving forward. But the match itself, it just was missing something for me. All right. Miss Jupiter Julep, how'd you feel about Mercedes Martinez's effort in this one? You know what? I echo a lot of what you said, Madame Lizette. Um, no sorry about that my echo is oh i said it i said her name i'm not supposed to say her name but um it is i really like mercedes martinez and she was one of my picks last year to take it all um so i was sad to see her go uh to to take the l to shana baszler but i will say that i am i knew the name madison rain but i cannot say that i have seen any of her matches 
So I was really curious to see what these two veterans could do and put together and to see if Madison Rain had been, or Ashley Rain, excuse me, had been wrestling for 13 years. Why is this her first foray into the WWE? So I too, I was just looking to see, well, what is it about her that um, made her get overlooked all these years? And so I was really surprised to see with the the bump she took, the athleticism uh, when they did that. I don't even know what it's called. Uh, when Mercedes held her up in the air for, I think I could count super fragilistic casual, acidosis like three times for the time that, that she stood on her head before the blood rushes until she took the suplex. And I was like, okay, so she can take bumps. She can go to the top rope. She can work. So what was it? And the only thing I could come up with was I didn't think that, I don't know what she's like on the mic uh, or maybe Vince didn't think she was attractive. So I I don't know. So now hearing you talk, um, Alyssa, I'm just thinking, what is missing? Because I mean, she had a really good effort against Mercedes. I knew Mercedes was going to move on. Um, Mercedes to me should be that vet that they call in um, as a surprise entrance for the next um, female Royal Rumble. Uh, or something along those lines where she can come in and work and maybe not be signed because I do know that she has those two other jobs and you know other things that she does, but she loves it. Uh, but she's my Trish Stratus. Like you see her, you pop, and you understand that she's got other stuff to do. So you're grateful for the time that she has. So I really look forward to see um, what she will put together with Mako next next week or the next round and. That's really all I can say. Unless you guys can tell me what what is missing with Madison Rain, or why why wasn't she in the WWE? Well, she was always an impact for. She was uh, part of the knockouts forever. She's like mm-hmm. one of the original knockouts. So she's always been under contract with TNA slash Impact. So that's probably one of the big reasons why. That's it. I mean, so was um, yeah. Uh, what was it? I was called K Quick. You know, Ron Killings, and so it was doesn't, uh, doesn't you know Austin Creed, and doesn't, you know doesn't work it's like the same other people for, were there and left. So doesn't work the same for the women as it does for the men because really? unfortunately the women only have a small window. You know, when you're like, they probably had like a five to seven year run over on Impact, and that's about what you get as far as you know. Think about Trish. Think about Lita. They they don't stay around for. 15 20 years not the women and it's not it's kind of not built like that for them unfortunately so once you've kind of had that exposure on one tv it's kind of hard for you to come to a new tv and get an equal long run i mean look at gail kim she Mm -hmm. you know left wwe went to impact she had about a four or five year run and now she's retired and there's tori right Right. victoria right so it's just not the the lifespan and you know you don't really get a lot of women who go from multiple organizations like that they kind of get their one run where they start and they kind of in there and that's it anything you'd like to add to that madam was that um i think you're right and i don't i don't see that changing i also think that like after seven years or so, a lot of these women decide like, I want to raise my kids or I want to have kids. And at that point, it's a little bit harder to get back into the ring after you've had a child mm-hmm. and do that full time and be away from your child for, you know, 300 some odd days of the year. Cause you're always traveling. You're always doing shows. Um, and 
I also think just the way that they women were wrestling back in the day and what they're doing now, you kind of got tired of being objectified too. And so you're just like, well, I don't really want to keep, you know, being paraded out here like this. I think now I wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte or um, Sasha and them have longer careers, especially Sasha and Bailey, because, I mean, they're 23, 24 years old right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they and they started wrestling really early while like Charlotte started wrestling closer to her 30s. So she's probably going to be like a Trish or Alita and wrestle for seven or eight years. And then like, all right, I'm good. Um, or they'll be like a Nikki or a Brie who comes back for a couple of months at a time and then they leave. Um, but I, I have realized unless you kind of start in WWE as a woman and then go to TNA or something like that, if you've been at TNA for a long period of time or if you've been on the independent circuit for a long period of time, nine times out of ten, if you do make it into WWE, it's kind of like a one-off and you move on. Um, I think it may change as the women's revolution or evolution continues to move forward and women's wrestling, you know, grows and changes and adapts and they start doing more and everything. But um, I think Ashley Rain, this was her moment. This is her time and she took it. Mm-hmm. And TNA was like, that's cool. Probably because she was doing all in and all of that. So like, whatever, girl, travel, do your thing, come back. So I'm happy that she got to be in a WWE ring and she checked that off of her list. But She's going back to TNA and she's going to keep doing her thing there. So, I mean, to be clear, though, she's not on contract for TNA? Or is this a loan type of a deal? Like, okay, we, we loan you to, like, New Japan or ROH or All In or stuff like that. I think she... I want to say she's still under contract with TNA. And that's why she had to use Ashley Rain instead of Madison Rain. But I could be wrong about that. Yeah, you're right about that. She's a she's an impact property, but impact has a deal where you can go appear on other people's events and television. They don't have it as ironclad as WWE, where it's like, nope, you can't perform on anybody else's TV but ours. They have it where that's the reason why um, Pentagon can be on Lucha Underground, MLW. Uh, impact and any triple uh, 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 AI, all these different places he's wrestling is because they have a they don't have the you know exclusive type of contract like WWE has. Gotcha. Yeah, they like to share in like the indie circuit a lot more than WWE does. Mm-hmm. WWE is like I think it's more so they're trying to protect their product, and so their whole thought process is you get hurt somewhere else. That takes money out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get hurt in a ring, it needs to be in my ring. Um, while other indie promotions are just like, go have fun, enjoy yourself, wrestle where you can. But when we need you, you need to be back here because we're the one that's paying the biggest salary. Right, right. So before we wrap this episode up, we're going to preview next week's matchups. So our first matchup is going to have Caitlin former WWE diva returning versus Kavita DeVee. Uh, we're going to have Tony Storm, my fave versus Jenny. We're going to have <laughs> Zaya Lee versus Karen Q. And we're going to have my second fave, Mia Yim versus Allison K. So I'll turn it over to Madame Lizette out of those four matchups. So those eight women, a match or a competitor or two that you're looking forward to watching next week. So I kind of want to see Caitlyn because around the time that 
I started watching wrestling again was when she was feuding with um wow, I just drew a whole blank. Um and she left. So I wanna see what she's like in the ring now. Mm-hmm. Um she looks a she looks different, and I know plastic surgery does that to you, so she looks a little different, but she kind of still looks the same. I like her with the darker hair. Um, she seems really optimistic, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what she looks like now, especially since we're six or seven years removed from when she left. Um, I want to see Medium. I like her. I liked her last year. I thought she did a good job. Um, it's just, you know, she had to take the L against Shayna Baszler. There's not much you can do about that. Um, but I liked her last year, so I'm kind of excited to see what she's going to do this year. Um, the rest of the girls, I don't think I've ever seen them wrestle, so I look forward to just, like, seeing new wrestlers in general um, and then kind of writing those down. And, of course, I love Tony Storm. I mm-hmm. thought she did a great job last year, so I'm excited to see what she's going to do this year. I'm pretty sure they're aiming for her to be the women's NXT UK champion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how far she's going to go in this, but I know that she's going to put on some pretty good matches. Mm-hmm. All right, Jupiter Julep, same question to you: a match mm-hmm. or a competitor or two that you're looking forward to seeing next week? Uh, you know what, <laughs> Madame Lizette and I, we're we're on the same page on that. I was the only thing that I will add about uh, Tony Storm is I'm wondering if she will change character. Uh, is she going to be the same tiny hat wearing Tony Storm, or is she going to come back as um, an a more aggressive heel or something along those lines. So I'm interested to see how her ring skills and her character has progressed from last year to this year. And uh, David, that is the um, signee from India, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, I, man, you know, ooh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say this as diplomatically as possible. Uh, she was trained by the great Kali mm-hmm. when I was familiar with the great Kali. It was uh, much later where it looked painful to see him walk. So I am very curious to see what um, she's picked up. I know that she's very tall uh, to see if she has grace in her limbs or if she will um, be uh, very similar to the great Kali. So I'm, I'm curious to see what she has. And I know that she's been working at the uh, performance center with different coaches and different people, but uh, I'm just, curious like what do you have and i would love to hear her talk and i pray that they do not go the stereotypical route with her and make her a yogi or uh an exotic goddess or princess jasmine or whatever they can think of and that's not even the same culture but i don't think the wwe knows that so uh (laughs) i i I just i'm curious uh to see what they would do with her and i hope they honor her i'm kind of feel the same way last year she was i remember her match last year and it was a little clunky Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now that she's had a year to be in a WWE training facility and around a bunch of different trainers and wrestlers and stuff like that, I hope that she is not so clunky, clunky and she's a little bit smoother. Um, I mean, they straightened out Rhea Ripley and everything else. So I feel like they can kind of do the same thing with her and counter on her strengths. I just don't want her character to be like offensive (laughs) they are good for that i'm gonna have to light a candle on that like they are they are so good for that and i on the tony storm thing um from watching bracketology she seems to be going more like rock star Mm -hmm. with it so i get like not so much of a heel but like a face 
but very just rock star and just over the moon and excited and smiley, but determined. They said that yeah. her whole family came to the UK show that they did. So I think that they're going to keep her in the face way, but um, she's not going to be out here with the top, hat, the top hat. Yeah, so more of an edge. I do remember that. Yeah. She was a little edgier. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was week two and also a preview of week three of the May Young Classic. Once again, this has been the Forever Young cast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I've been joined by Jupiter Julep and Madam Lizette. So, ladies, I'll turn it over to you for your shout outs and thank yous. Jupiter Julep, I'll let you go first. Uh, I have to give a shout out to Anwar Starwind because he always gets shout outs. That's a hat to DD as well. Um, <laughs> you know, the two co-hosts, uh, you guys are awesome. We play all the time when, when we chat. I appreciate that. Um, my kids were being quiet, the ones that are here. My cat quiet, and the rest of the family. And uh, yeah, I guess that's that's about it. Okay. Uh, for me, I want to say shout out to both of you guys, um, as well as my best friend and my sister for being quiet because <laughs> I wasn't so sure. I was like, I need you to be quiet when you walk through these doors today. And she did a good job with that. All right. Um, Look, <laughs> she's always turned. So I look forward to the next episode. All right. I'd like to give a shout out to both my co-hosts here, Jupiter Julep and Madame Lizette. I just want to make sure that everybody goes and supports the podcast. Please head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Go check out our exclusive content. Become a patron. Um, there are many tiers in which you can support. If you become a backstage member, which is the $3 tier or more, you gain exclusive access to all the exclusive podcasts from all of your favorite podcasters here on CSPN. So again, that's patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. So for Jupiter Julep and Madame Lizette, I'm Don DeLorente, and this has been episode two of the Forever Young Cast. Mm-hmm.